0: guys i want to start this episode off by talking about one of our sponsors which is gorilla graphics design agency these guys i've known about them for a long time um they're actually a company that i'm very soon going to be uh officially working for it sounds like um and yeah i mean they're really the shit They they really have worked with a lot of the people that have come through (coughs) um gorilla graphics is coming to you know some form of alignment with them uh they can provide you top-tier effects and production value. They have everything you can ask for, including professional equipment and a still-and product from top to bottom. Head over to GorillaGraphics.com for all of your design needs today. That's G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A-G-R-F-X G-R-F-X.com. Guys, you know them, you love them. Stutterbox Productions is the backbone for many of the events that you see in the Midwest, from EDM festivals to late-night hip-hop shows. This company has been working closely with the podcast since the beginning, and we always have plenty of things planned for the future. So if you're looking to plan your next gig or event, head over to the Facebook page to learn more today. Guys, our final sponsor, Cranial Nerve Records. Are you a rock band or solo musician looking for representation and a way to secure shows? Well, our new sponsor, Cranial Nerve Records, can help. This organization has been fundamental in securing live shows for the podcast, and we couldn't be more grateful for them. Reach out to them for bookings via email at cranial nerve records at gmail.com. Guys, this is the McAllister's podcast. I'm your host, always, Colin McAllister. This is a super special episode. These motherfuckers have been gone away exploring on a long treacherous path and um I, I look forward to getting into it return of house of leopold with seth and J C.
1: yay
0: hey, applause yeah. we'll, we'll we'll edit in applause no we won't yay. but we'll we'll yeah. give you the <laughs> yes we're
2: back we're back
1: excited yeah. to be back really
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you guys were let's just jump right into it but mm-hmm. well, you guys were gone in california um for how, how many years how long were you gone
2: almost exactly a year
1: I was a year okay. year and a half almost. I went out there a okay. little early to prep things for us.
0: Okay, okay. So, uh, so <laughs> describe it. I mean, obviously, you guys are back. There's probably a reason for that. I'm kind of curious. What was? I guess let me let me just let me ask this first. Like when you first got there, like um, you know, I like I saw on social media, you guys were pretty positive about. It. Like, how did you feel about when you first got there?
2: Um. So. The reason that we went to California, um the year before
0: Oh shit, I'm so sorry. Can you turn that fan off? (laughs) God damn. That happens twenty five percent of the time when we do the podcast. (laughs) Sorry, continue. Yeah,
2: no, you're fine. Um so yeah, no, we um the year before we moved, um, Seth had gotten, you know, a few opportunities out in California. Um, played some shows and festivals. Met
1: some really cool people. Met some
2: cool people, um, and it seemed really promising. Um, There were new opportunities opening up, you know? Yeah. And so... um, And we had a
1: friend out there that was opening up a warehouse uh, in the fashion district of downtown LA, uh, a couple blocks away from Skid Row. But it it did work for a minute, and that was kind of the plan. And we wanted to see... We knew that... We feel that the current paradigm that we're in is kind of like at a peak... Postmodernism, right like we're we're like in something right now then like not many people have a better hope about what's next and so Mm. we wanted to kind of experience what like peak civilization in a peak city like la would would feel like you know what i mean Mm. like the dream is that was there the dream is there was talked about being there but yeah that kind of leads to the next part why we left it's not there
2: (laughs) oh my god
1: it's (laughs) ugly yeah
2: no it was not it was not anything um like what we imagined it would be, um, you know, I, I guess what was, what was represented to us, you know. And if we hadn't gone, we would have questioned, you know, what if we would have gone. For sure. You know, and that would have mm. been, you know. That's a fair point. Yeah, no, there's no way that I would, like, take it back. Like, I know that we were supposed to go. Um, you know, I wouldn't have made it a different choice. But, no, it was the most terrible time ever. It was horrific. Yeah, <laughs> I did not like it at all
1: it's definitely past peak and the people there like everybody has a story right and like when you go to la you would hope that people's story would be bigger or stronger or more fantastic than like oh yeah normal life people right and like <laughs> it's it's semi-true but everybody was telling a doomsday story
2: mm. and like
1: everybody's predicting how much worse it's already gotten and how much worse it's going to get and that's kind of like the main relevant topic there, there's like they're Nobody was growing. Nobody had like that kind of hope, if that makes sense. Mm. And everybody had talked like it already moved on. Anybody that was here for what you're looking for is now in Nashville. And that's like so commonly repeated with just like common knowledge.
2: Yeah, no, something, something else that we, that we kind of learned and caught on to as we'd been there for a while, um, is that all of the like people who are from Los Angeles in the area, um, their parents listen to house music. So they grew up listening to like the older people drinking, listening to house music. So that's now, the LA party. Right. So now mm. anything that like is like digital electronic, they're like, Oh, turn it off. That's house music. You know? So like there's kinda like this this like stuck opinion of oh, yeah. like, stuck in the past and like unwilling to like I don't know, move on past certain understandings of what is, like, Hollywood level.
1: Well, they they want the feeling that (laughs) is, like, per, like, everybody believes there's a feeling about L.A. and, like, how it feels. And then when people go to the party, they're part of that, but they don't see themselves as part of that. They are looking for it, right? if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, when you go to a party a lot of us, we're kind of more self-conscious about ourselves and we're like worried what we look like and what our friends appear. There, it's more like they're like looking for what they know LA should be. And so they want it to sound like it. They want it to taste like it. They want it to feel like it. It's cocaine, alcohol, and house music. That's what their parents partied on. That's how LA's <laughs> felt like for the last 50 years. It has to be good. And like that, the better the party is, the more it feels like that. And there's a couple of like groups, a couple of crews out there doing really cool shit and like, and cool shit by my terms, you know, like there's like B-Side, there is bass waffles, um, and like those are crews that are like doing more experimental stuff, but for the most part, every, every single house party, every single after party, every single warehouse I went to, all house music, all techno, all the time, all cocaine, it was nutty. And those were just the after parties. I mean, like, you have to afford to live there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> You have to be carefree enough to like go Holy out crap. and spend, you know, that amount, $17 on parking.
1: And that's that's kind of what I I really learned was like there's like normal people who are like living life and having to afford it, right? And like our rent was 3 grand a month. Uh electricity was 15 to $1800 a month. Water was 5 to $800 a month. Jesus Christ. Right um and that's just your like bare minimum gas we, is six dollars yeah. 50 cents in the valley and that was like to, minimum
2: yeah we had to live over an hour away from hour where we half. worked because we couldn't afford rent closer to anywhere that you know so nice people Jeez. live yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: and we live next to the nice people we live by we live in canoga park calabasas is where like a lot of celebrities live canoga park is where all the people live that serve the celebrities So it's a lot of like Hispanic working working class Mm -hmm. that like mows mows vacuums like does all the housework stuff like that's who we lived among the the people the people were nice Mm -hmm. it was just the collective was ugly Mm -hmm. if that makes sense
2: yeah it was very non optimistic
1: and there's no bottom
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's Mm -hmm. why I've heard is that like LA is just miserable
1: Mm -hmm, like everybody there is just mm -hmm. the homeless at like pandemic level. Like, oh, I'm sure. it, yeah. like skid row is bad and like i have stories and saw things that will forever like change my view of like not just individuals but like humanity like it really did some big things to my heart like seeing some of that but like on if you go anywhere in that city talked about to him, any street there is encampments of people there's millions of people living on the streets they they're they're i've traveled the world i've been to 63 countries i've been to 48 states i have never seen anything like i've what i've witnessed what i've felt and la in the last year and a half wow, it is the insane. worst humanity thing i've ever seen it is terrible and there's no bottom there's no safety nets nobody's helping each other it's only getting worse and things like fentanyl are just you can tell like i was driving uber at nights to make enough money to try to afford to live there um you can tell which pockets of which community would be delivered fentanyl on which times There'd be, like, people breaking glass or ripping down trees out of the middle of the road or screaming at the sky. Like, you could tell which parts were manic on which nights. It was super obvious. And it's it was all the time. I mean, we'd be driving to the hollywood boulevard and there'd be a 60 year old hispanic lady like nothing very wrong but like she's homeless so now she's pooping on the side of the street right there in front of everybody and the kids are like whoa you know (laughs) or walking down hollywood boulevard and two guys have a bong and like weed's cool but and that's everywhere you can't stop it but they're hitting heroin Mm -hmm. So my kids are asking like why doesn't that smell like everybody else's weed
2: yeah (laughs) my 10 year old kid you know there was one time aldo luna and i got stranded in a subway um like a subway sandwich place um uh, because there was a crazy naked guy running around the target parking lot and nobody would go outside so yeah no those cops just, were like
1: an hour hour and a half
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh so there, that's the no that's response time yeah there's no Damn. safety everybody knows that, that that's and, fucking
1: detroit level man that's bad and like i worked retail for a while there the last few months and like they don't even have like they don't even try to stop people like when i <laughs> lock a store here in retail you have like adt you put the locks on you shut the drawers you take cash out it's the opposite leave the drawers open so that when they come in they just take the cash they don't break the registers hopefully <laughs> leave the doors unlocked because they're going to cut it anyways there's no adt because the response times over an hour and a half and oh it's like god. oh my god and they just rely on insurance insurance and hopefully nobody's in there <laughs> whoa <laughs> 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 it's a whole nother level it's a whole nother shrillism and like yeah. you think you'd make more money being around people spending money like that but it's it's like things like cons- you for all your worth things like conspiracies yeah. here are like common knowledge there. like the russians bought up all the property <laughs> in la everything that was rented in the last three years was bought by some like russian influence and huh. now the prices are being jacked up you can't even live in the place they'll change the prices on you and like this is a common knowledge in la like people just like talk about like it's so, like it's happening a lot of people are living with mom and dad and that's how they can afford to live there or oh, yeah. the other pl- way is like they have sugar daddies <laughs> or mom and dad are paying for them. a lot of sugar daddies but like that's that's how la is currently functioning is outside money paying for the people's experience who are there la is not paying for itself
0: wow. no way so obviously none of us are scientists or experts i mean you were a teacher for a while so you probably might be the most qualified mm-hmm. Although we can compete, we'll compete. Yeah. No. no okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, why do you think it is like it is in LA? Like, what what would be your guesstimation? Oh, I
2: have I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I I mean, well, I mean, for for which part of it? I mean, like, I guess it's,
1: like why the why it's a lack of definitions, the lack of hope, it's a lack mm-hmm. of kindness, the lack of like like to being able to find like humanistic.
2: Yeah, I mean, so a lot of people go, you know, go to California to live like a glamorous a life. Dream, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, even if you know, that's such a small amount of people. Like, what, do, what does that really mean? You know what I mean? Like, and who's, you know, there's very few parties. You know, like my bosses at Radical Neon got to go, like, got to go to like red carpet events and like set stuff up and like do things like that. You know, like you were like. I don't know like around celebrities but like they aren't gonna invite people to like their parties and stuff you know so like I mean I understand that that people go there to like make something of themselves and like that's like an idea but like I think it's really like a city of broken dreams and like Mm. people settling for like other jobs that they like have to have to you know support themselves while it's also not working out for them you know
1: lack of definition Mm -hmm. like because there's nothing else to do this is what i thought the dream was now i'm kind of like stuck in it and like you'd have to have humility to admit that there's nothing else you know what i mean like it's like a loss of yourself yeah and like like i said like people are showing up to these things like expecting them to be like what we thought prom was you know what i mean like somebody put a lot of work into prom our parents made it very special for us like real life will never be like that (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and like even when you go to la they'll it'll never feel that way and when everybody shows up looking for that like then nobody's there to like be what a party is. You know what I mean? Like, the cool kids in L.A. partying are because of, like, sweaty and, like, jumping and it's crazy and, like, that's not happening. Like, everybody's looking to, like, like, I don't know how... The portrayal per- of that so, is wrong.
2: So, I think that it kind of ties into the, like, um, you know, the weather is always nice there. And that was, like, a great oh, nice. perk. Like, number one, it was legit, like, the only thing that I enjoyed about being there. But I think that, you know, the fact that they're never... F- This is just speculation, but the fact that, like, a lot of people are never forced to stay inside and, like, you know, like Midwesterners are when it's snowing, Mm. you know, like, I feel like a lot of us really hone our skills um, and are more comfortable with ourselves because of the time that we, like, spend inside and spend, like, stuck inside, isolated, and I feel like... Um you know, I feel like that's part of why the Midwest makes good bass music is because we got a whole bunch of weirdos you know that are in their basements making you know wub wub sounds, yeah true. um and I feel like you know
0: and I we're feel not like stuck on when you
2: go there, well, I feel like when you go there, um you know everybody everybody's be there, everybody's there to be part of something successful. They're not there to be successful themselves. Nobody's like putting in the work to be like. Right. If I'm going to be a movie star, Mm. I'm going to, like, do all of these classes and I'm going to do this or blah, blah, blah. Or I'm going to throw shows or I'm going to, you know, do that. You know, nobody's moving forward on those kinds of things. They're all looking for investors or, like, only looking to, like, be a party, be a part of something if there's some sort of profit for them. Um, And it's not about about your friends. It's not about, you know, it's not about what you want to do. It's just, like... Hoping that you are part of the next big thing, and like that's it. You know, nobody's really like, I don't know, standing up for what they like or like. I don't oh know, yeah. Developing skills like that.
1: And and there's no, a lot of people. I felt LA was really lost to the chemical. The chemicals <laughs> in LA were a whole nother level. I've been the most sober I've ever been in my life. The last year and a half, I've witnessed like, I'd say like seven, eight four, four, fentanyl overdoses. Oh wow. Saved two people myself. Like, oh jeez. Yeah, yeah, it was it was rampant and then even like the good ones or the happier ones like it's people I don't know. It was the toxicity was way higher. Everything was way more lucid. There was no, no adherence to any like morality. You know what I mean? Things crumbled away that there was no, no comfort.
2: Yeah. The, there was no, honestly, the, the drugs even tasted different because they were, you know, either cut with something else or more pure or just like every single drug was a different experience because, mm. you know, yeah it was nothing like the Midwest mm-hmm.
1: name one and it felt different. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was close was the cocaine, but that was because it was so rampant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Damn. So you think that's just from like multiple different people like lacing shit here, purely, or like wh- like why the drugs were different now
1: L.A. By the time, well, I, I I treat it like like seafood, right? So seafood there is really fresh. I'm getting it. I'm eating it. It's probably frozen one time, maybe. By the time it's come here, it's been in and out of like 16 freezers and four different trucks. It's been retailed, sold off, three different pricing. Like, by the time I eat a fish, it is. there's no way that it could be fresh. I'm in the middle of a continent, 1,800 miles away from an ocean. It's the same thing with drugs. All of our drugs are coming from overseas. Hardly any of them, except for like PCP and marijuana, are coming from the United States. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is overseas. Everything else is coming from China, Russia, Ukraine. That's everything. And like that the major port cities are the ones pulling that in from what I was told. And so they're, it's coming straight there and being dumped in. And the, I was explaining that everything's being cut with fentanyl. Like everybody, everybody wants that like lofty feeling. And so they, for a while fentanyl was cheap and they cut it with it. Then everybody realized that's what they're doing. So now they actually charge more to have it cut properly.
2: Right. Yeah. When there, was, when there was a heroin shortage, the shortage, I'm pretty sure that a lot of dealers used fentanyl instead or cut things with fentanyl And then the fentanyl people got instead. addicted to the higher
1: level of toxicity and then they figured out what was happening. And when the heroin prices dropped and the fentanyl started being, they were like, no, this doesn't feel the same anymore. This is weak. And they're like, well, actually we were using fentanyl. And then they're like, okay, we want fentanyl. So right. the streets aren't full of heroin addicts. Skid Row is not heroin addicts anymore. It's all fentanyl addicts. Right. Everybody in there is doing fentanyl. Yeah, it's and it's scary because vibe. here,
2: here you hear like you know one speck will kill you, and it's like yeah, it really will. But like there, it's like people are like, how many specks can I get? And it's
1: a designer drug. Yeah, beautiful people are dying of fentanyl.
2: Yeah,
1: beautiful, smart, creative, well-connected people are dying of fentanyl. It's unreal. It's everywhere. Like I said, I, I, I have never been as sober as I've been the last year, year and quarter of my life. I had a couple moments where it was just like, nope.
2: I don't know. I will also say that I saw a ton of people very irresponsibly doing ketamine. And became irresponsible, unreliable friends because of it. Yeah. No, just like. That's a plague of our generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, I don't know. It just seems like, especially if you're there, you could be doing more with your life than, you know, sitting on a couch, you know, not doing anything. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Sure.
0: Let me ask you this: like, because uh, some people speculate, like, why L.A. might be the sh- the the way it is is because of like the political leaning. Do you have any thoughts about that? If, if that's no. a factor,
1: you all, don't think so? All or? politics are reactionary. Okay. N- nobody, nobody could steer the ship that is L.A. I don't. I, I've never. I don't believe any humans should live in that way. Period. And I don't think there's any way to write enough rules to structure that way to work. <laughs> like it, Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. it's a post apocalyptic. Like it's, it's, it's past the point where it could have been guided into something more. It they're so limited on their ability to expand. Everything has to go up. So like normal Mm. got so big there.
2: Yeah, well I don't okay, think there's any so way to govern I feel called to say that so like there was a water shortage, you know, for most of the time that, that we were there. Um and like people weren't allowed to water their lawns and it was like a big deal that like landscaping was dying. You'd be people at, like, just s- laid out grass and like they couldn't water it or whatever. And, like, there were so many celebrities that, like, got fined because every single day they would just turn on the yeah. water and just water, like, Or any money-making
1: business, all mm-hmm. the banks have green grass. Mm-hmm. But then you go everywhere else and nobody else, else even have grass. Right.
2: I think oh, everybody's yeah. just going to... All the regular—it's just like a, a place for for rich people to live, and you know, like a lot of the issues that the city has, the celebrities, the they rich don't people don't care about. Like they're like, L- like no, get rid of them. Like homeless people can't
1: get through the four gates, right. and if they do, they have buses that come around once a week and take everybody out. Like there, there's no, it. L. A. is a play-to-play state place, like Vegas is. Okay. <laughs> But without the happiness. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no hope, no happiness. But, like, if you have money, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, every, everybody else is just a trickle down of that. And it really matters how much you can afford or what credit rating your parents were able to give you. That kind of stuff. Like, we – okay, tell the truth. When we first got there, to get a place, we had to, like – Help find bank documents for companies that don't exist that we technically didn't own. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, like they needed all this crazy stuff. They needed credit scores. There's no way I could have ever have held. Mm-hmm. Like we had we had a bluff and like really make our way in. And it was crazy. And it was everywhere you went. And it was like, how is everybody here doing this? Mm-hmm. Like how is anybody doing this? Mm-hmm. Like what is happening? It was really mind boggling yeah, trying I to get no, a place. I
2: really have no idea how anybody there. You know can. I don't know, I feel like a talented person, you know, and that's, you know, that's part of my experience there was that, you know, I went out there, we went out there mostly for such ses- opportunities. And so, like, I felt out, you know, my side of things, like, where am I, you know, where am I going to work in LA? And so, um, I did have, um, I made it to the final round of interviewing with Adobe. I made it to the top 25 oh, nice. right when we got there, which was really cool. Um, But, you know, top 25 isn't a job. (laughs) Yeah, 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 sure. um, You know, I interviewed at a few different places, and the one that I ended up, you know, working out the best was Radical Neon. And... Uh, they didn't even pay, you know, above the poverty line in the oh, city. Damn. So it's like...
1: We had to sit down with them and have a huge... She had a conversation being like, you realize I have two kids and a husband and I, like, I am... have I, to drive
2: an hour to get here every we day. We
1: fully qualify yeah. for food, everything, all the assistant programs. <laughs> like, this is really at poverty level. Yeah. And he's no, like, they, this is what all the people would hire at. He's mm-hmm. like, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, they, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like,
2: no, they were like, <gasps> you know, we... You know, most people, don't you have any passive income or, like, you know, don't you have any, you know, anything else that you can do? And it's like, I work here for almost 50 hours a week. Like, what else do you think I'm doing? Like, no. No, I don't. So Yeah, no, it's just, it's crazy how you kind of just, like, get held under. Or, like, there is, like, this line that, like, nobody's just, like, willing to help you, like reach over
1: yeah a lot of it's generational wealth too i mean Mm, when he accidentally sold a bank account he had a million dollars sitting in his sideways paypal account you know what i mean (laughs) it's like you were not like our parents were not the same parents you know what i mean like oh yeah you come from a different line of Mm -hmm. wealth than we could understand in that sense and that's that's happening a lot it kind of concentrated in those in major cities from what i understand
2: i was seen as a worker there. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like I don't know. I I just felt like I was worth more than more than that, you know? So yeah, no. I feel like my skills are better used elsewhere. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, I'm really glad that you guys are back here in a you know, a, a better
1: place. Yeah. A definitely a way better yeah. place. I love where we're at now. Yeah.
2: Adjusted um, the perspective that we needed, um, you know, on a on a whole bunch of things. You know, yeah, just yeah, sure. I feel ready to like be here and be satisfied with what I've got, you know, and, um, what I'm capable of. And, um, I have to prove that I, that I can do something bigger or better. Um, and if anything, I feel kind of guilty that I thought that I could find something better. So I'm glad that the opportunity to come back was open yeah. You know, and that mm-hmm. like that's why a lot of
1: people are there, Because right. it is very expensive to get out of.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm grateful that we could come back, and that you know it's still a good for, place for us, and that everybody still loves us, and you know it's good. It's yeah, Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So let me ask you this: uh, You guys having done the Cali... One more question about Cali. You guys having done the Cali stint? Would you recommend it to anyone,
1: or are you no. telling everybody get the GTF? No, <laughs> yep. no, don't go. Everybody that I talked to that is there wants out.
2: Yeah. Don't do it.
1: Even people who have lived there the whole life of like California, especially LA area has really radically changed over the last couple of years in a negative, truly negative, harmful soul experienced way. I would say if you want to go other places, I mean like Seattle, Nashville, uh, where are some friends that there, there's other places. Honestly, just make it where, where you're at at home. That's what like we we've learned is like, if you want something, it's because you're being called to do it. And like, we put so many cool ideas on the back burner because they seem so cool to us, but they could be like, they're like an idea that's like, it should happen. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like where we're at is now is like the reason it's in there is because it's like, it's time to do it. You know, like we can't put that behind us any longer. Like if we want to live the life that we're dreaming of, it's literally those pieces that you have to do. If that makes sense. It kind of like the LA really put it like out in front of us in that way. And so that's part of what we're like hoping to do next is to like take the, take stop stop worrying about like grabbing onto a larger picture or finding any kind of slipstream into like any main or artery or you know what i mean like any any kind of line of that and like really just focus on like what it is we're experiencing right in front of us and who we're experiencing it with
2: yeah we don't need to, to validate you know our experience or our scene or our community to to anybody or like compare it to anything like this is where we're from like yeah i i'm ready to represent five. <laughs> you know and like be here and love it and like be you know grateful to be here instead of like thinking that like well maybe if we were somewhere bigger you know like yeah. and those, places yeah, those are feelings looking are...
1: for what we have mm-hmm. but what you have to do first like what it is is like they're looking and we should keep it here but they're looking for the synergy they're looking for the energy of somebody else doing and then they <laughs> pull that in it doesn't curate there right but i'm not saying that we should even like worry about that like we should create synergy here we should worry about what we're doing here like when, when i think of this i think of like hip-hop right and like think of like doc dre and that whole crew like what they did was in their basements and it was so cool that it was nationally recognized everybody else is like caught up to right. what they're doing you have doing. to stop
2: searching for it and do and it and do
1: it yeah yeah and it's that doing like if it if if history has it that's what happens but regardless it's, it's your soul that's coming out <laughs> you know what I mean it's your yeah. true expression it's, it's, it's self discipline meets self reflection you know what I mean there's like a point of doing that like truly can c- be curated yeah. through that.
2: You don't have unlimited time. See, so you, you know, like the things that you do do, 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 the do, uh-huh. do have to be, you know, things that you really want to do or like spend time on. And, and not
1: like, building up to do. Right. You should just yeah. do. That's why the idea is in your head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Well, and the fact is, you know, the Midwest, like the population here is growing. More people are flocking here. So, you know, it, it naturally makes
1: sense to, you know, in have an art scene follow that. In yeah. our lifetimes, I think it's going to heavily increase. I think, I mean, in other countries already is like Europe and stuff. I know they're connected to a larger scale of the world, but I think in our lifetime, like we are just from LA, which has a large Hispanic population and stuff. Like people know how special it is here. And like, I think once it starts really sleeping, slipping out that it's, it's going to change What people want as far as where they're living in our continent. I have no doubt in that. Even things like, okay.
2: Corn on the cob. Yeah, or
1: we're walking (laughs) to a gas station here and like we have entire like shelves full of different kinds of Mountain Dews and they have kickstarts and everything else. Like all these beautiful, they're beautifully lit. When you get mass populations like LA, they can't distribute that many micro kinds. So mm. it might just be Mountain Dews or it might be Mountain Dews and a Diet Mountain Dew, but there's no Kickstarts. There's no Cherry Pepsi. Nobody knows what Mellow Yellow is. There's no Sprite. Wow. Like <clears throat> all variety disappears. You think it's the opposite. That's like what we're like preach is like there's more in a big city like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's far less, far less of any kind of choice you'd ever have from like the Uber you can afford to take to the pops you get to drink to the food you get to like show up to like, yes, there's more of everything because there's more people, but your choices are far more limited.
2: Yeah, it's, 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 it's,
1: it's, it was an adverse, adverse choice thing that you had to like, get used to in that way. Yeah. Most of it was
2: off limits. Yeah. Or not
1: available. Mm -hmm. And like, nobody had ever tried. Like, uh, one thing I talked to my coworkers about was like, nobody ever had breakfast pizza. (laughs) <laughs> Never even heard of it. <laughs> it's because no gas stations serve food. That would be disgusting in LA. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be so nasty to go to a gas station and grab food out of it. No way would anybody ever do Damn, that. Yeah, yeah. So That's none of that crazy. exists. Bathrooms? Like, I pee. I can pee literally anywhere now. I can step out of my car and pee because that's what you have to do in all of LA and all of the Valley. Nobody has a bathroom. No, public
2: nobody bathrooms anywhere. Anywhere, that was terrible.
1: You bring your own pee cup with I you. I knew the
2: I knew the key code for a bathroom in a parking garage at a mall that we parked at one time. And like, if we ever had to pee within like. 45 minutes of there that's where you would go was to the parking garage yeah but otherwise yeah no it didn't matter if your kid was standing there peeing their pants they're like no this is for employees only and the
1: entire city smells like pee Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it smells terrible because everybody's peeing
1: outside and there's no water no rain ever to wash it away like it's i'm not exaggerating it smells ammonia-based pee literally everywhere you walk even the nice parks and stuff you can smell it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. so you think la is done or you think it'll come back no
2: i think they're holding on to an old dream Mm -hmm. you know that like hollywood is like an idea of like what it used to be not what it currently is except for
1: there could be there could be so like what punk did or rock and roll did you know what i mean where there's like a new surge of like uh, understanding of energy yeah i was just thinking new
0: york because new york in the 70s was was very like
1: and that's what i was gonna say la la is a face of something and if that face inwardly changes it would outwardly change but if that face continues to be derived from the outward reflection of itself i think it will only get uglier it's nobody there's gonna make it better <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. it would have to be somebody doing something new that la would redefine itself by and that i don't believe that would come from la i don't even think la believes it would come from la anymore when you meet anybody inside of music they all say nashville like if you want music go to nashville right now anybody yeah. i met every manager i met every ar rep i talked to also nashville
2: well, there's always been so much feeling in country music, you know? I feel like that's just, you know, Nashville is where yeah. people who, like, enjoy music are, you know? I feel like if you're going to California, you're, like, attempting to, like, do something,
1: you
0: know? Yeah, I didn't realize how much, uh, like, hip-hop was centered in Nashville,
1: too, or yeah.
0: in Tennessee. Yeah.
1: Well, L.A. hip-hop is out. I mean, like, I was told multiple times, I, I will say 80% of the times I DJ'd not to play anything hip-hop. Damn. Like an open Kanye, kill it. <laughs> well, and they'd even say stuff like, "I just don't like the ignorant lyrics. I don't, I don't want anything ignorant or uh, adverse wow. to my crowd and things like that." And it's like, "Do you wow. do you we understand well- what you're saying?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> That's mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh,
2: PC, I guess, trying to you know please everybody and st-
1: stay away from that. That energy was another thing that was often said, and it's like, what, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially thinking like <laughs> LA, I think of like prime time like that's like we're like hip-hop like really like took a center stage yeah, in yeah. My, like, my mind you know what i mean but yeah, no the, real. the city doesn't does not feel that way and we we tried in the time we were there we tried lots of different places lots of different crews i continuously like made efforts in like different directions to see if there's ever
2: but Seth did do the Daft Punk thing, which cool. That was, was cool. super
1: cool. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, talk about that.
0: How'd okay. you fucking? How'd you get into that shit? So I'm. There was, that was this so
2: place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's this place called Wisdom that is like seven dome structures that have like pro- professional grade projection on the inside, and they're open to party. And it's owned by some like uh, Burning Man hippies that have too much money and property. Yeah, doing the rest LA. of
2: the year, they just have it set up, and then they, they have do the parties and experiences.
1: Dome, there's mm-hmm. lots of yeah. There's things in it every weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, so these guys I met at this place one time. And we ended up hitting it off. And then they had they have a whole bunch of projects. They're linked to burners. They're doing so like one of the projects, the head maze that's going to the Navy pier in Chicago, it's this giant head sculpture. It has seven different rooms you can go into and each one is a different feeling or mental like constraints we put ourselves in a different part of our ego and you go you can live inside of these and they're meant to try to break you out of that part of your like egoic understanding right and like they, these are the people that curated this got the idea paid all the money for the metal to be built like this was their side project their like dream we project don't. was to do this Daft Punk experience um, and so it's a tribute to Daft Punk it's because Daft Punk is former yeah. at this point yeah. so it's, that yep. puts them in the gray area of being able to use all their music and stuff <laughs> But then what they did was they told a story and it was about, so Daft Punk, it's like, it's like Star Wars, right? But more, more on a meta level, our, our being, our reality is being taken over by mother culture. And is being shifted into alignment f- for their purposes, right? Whether it be military or consumerism or I thought uh, it was like rushed lack of spirituality, 20. kind of. Yeah. And then Daft Punk is the more the underground scene, and they're they're preaching self awareness, uh, self fulfillment, uh, um, like pain through happiness, you know what I mean? Like the, the real shit. And so it's just like evolving thing. And then they use the music of Daft Punk. So it starts off in two rooms. Some other culture shuts down the after party. Everybody gets pushed in the main room. The main room lights up and it tells the story starts where Daft Punk dies. And that's where they became gods to humanity. And their understanding then becomes projected into like a godly form. And they they show us how we can find ourselves and become one with each other. And through the sense of understanding of each other, we can like find that sense of oneness and that, that would elevate us into like the next level and outside of mother culture's reach. So, so really projecting together. some heady stuff and like the story is so beautifully told. It, it the, We only did it two times. And it's still being like pulled forth. The, the second time, the story and the visuals and everything ma- made it much more apparent. If if somebody tells you as it's happening, it's even more magical. And it needs to get that level out loud. And that's what they're building. The goal is in like a year, we do it like six, seven more times. We have like weekend showings, and then we start touring it. We Mm -hmm. want to put it in places like Area Fifteen. We're having conversation. They had conversations with, I think, like music festivals in different parts of the country and stuff like that. And they want to tour this thing and have it part of like the music scene, and like really use it as a like. One of the directors is from Broadway. So he mm-hmm. wants to like really take that meaning and put it into like the the EDM side of things. So it's like a meshing of all these brains. And they pulled people from all over the world. Like one of the laser guys is like excisions laser dude, and like the lasers perfectly match the visuals that are shooting off that are 360. And the ship has all these LED tubes that go up to it, so it looks like it's blasting off or coming down or shifting through the space. It's it's very very trippy. It's a cool experience. Mm-hmm. 360 sound. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah. It it, looks really cool. It evolves every (laughs) time we do it. The first time I actually did it, I had never done a full run through. (laughs) <laughs> no, we were having, it was, everything they have is like the top tier adult toy right and so it all works individually and like in theory works but you know what technology is like when you push technology that far like and then you start trying to link them together like nothing works and you're just like is it this box as
0: you're like Are you plugging it in you know
1: what i mean like it was like that up until the day of and then the day of everything just flawlessly worked through the entire show but i'd never seen the show front to back so i'm like on the stage partying with everybody it's, i'm like 30 feet in the air 25 feet in the air all these lights lights, lasers shooting at me and everything. I have microphones in my ear uh, so I can hear the director as he's yelling cues, cause I don't know the script. I've never done a run through. So he's like, stand still, arms straight out, don't move. (laughs) And as the lasers like scan my body. (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness. Like, so yeah, we were just reacting and dancing, but it was it was magical seeing through all these little dots on my screen, trying to watch the visuals, trying to watch people. It was probably one of the yeah, coolest no, lighting screens I've ever had. He and his
2: partner had to wear the, the light-up helmets or whatever. Yeah, and so yeah. it was really hard, if not impossible, to see through impossible. the helmet. So like, it was mostly like what he remembered to do or like could like see out of the bottom of his helmet. They before. had those little,
1: It has little dots and normally you can see out of those cause you can adjust your vision. Your vision kind of takes out the blank space, right? But then you add the LED lights to it and they're moving your vision is just like go fuck yourself
2: <laughs> like i'm not even gonna
1: try it just white yellow red <laughs> so yeah having to dj through that was
0: <sighs> yeah so how like how did that tell a story like were you just like was it just a combination of different songs and like doing these actions the, and the, and,
1: the like... lyrics and then there'd be there'd be like 15 minute intervals where we would do like french Indo house and it'd be the 1992, and we get the energy rising, and a lot of them would be about like individualism or finding, uh, finding self through like self-expression okay. and things like that. And then it would break into like a, a five-ten minute movie segment where we would drop down, change costumes, the ship would land, uh, the gods would meet somebody else, and they'd have another conversation, and they would shift oh, okay. the the conversation forward. And so my job was in between the movie scenes, we would have dance parties. And the dance parties would follow a flow that the lasers the lights everything was moving to the fog would go up there's one segment in the middle where we had seven live musicians they had a piano a trumpet player two or three singers a guitarist a bass player and fog came up with the shining lights and they appear and they start singing as we're djing oh, wow. everybody's swaying yeah like people are really legit magical. people yeah. are crying mm-hmm. people have tears in their eyes it's like such people a moment be, that yeah. it's like happening and stuff and it's overwhelming the story even if it's still semi like obtuse at times the story is so obviously about being like Better. and uplifting <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. It, it is it is soul wrenching up moving and then the last half hour is a party where we get to like just dance and have good time to music and stuff and by that time people are it, it feels like I don't know if you ever went to like a church camp but like the last day of church <laughs> camp where everybody's like I can't believe I have to go back to the real world we're going to celebrate in the happiest way possible you know what I mean it was I just like that. partied with Daft Punk. yeah it's like yeah. that where everybody's like cheesing with their own cameras finally you stop taking pictures of the thing and it, it mm-hmm. gets way like, like family feeling it's, it was super cool
2: yeah. yeah, I Damn. sat in the VIP section with the kids for like <laughs> two. Was it like two hours long? Well, and yeah, I didn't know it was, the show time, so I got early. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, no, it was definitely like it was kid appropriate, but like it got them hyped up and definitely passed out through the show. But no, it was really, really awesome, yeah. memorable. Oh yeah, no. it was very cool. Mm-hmm.
0: It, Def punk was the shit. But yeah, like, i remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember like going to camp and like they uh <coughs> like our counselor like showed us uh this like showed us daft punk and like sh- like i you know i would watch videos of like the live show and how like they fucking did with the pyramid and all that shit and like how they fucking mix and mash songs together in like this unique fucking way like how, sure. they, how they ended that album with like what like five or six different songs all like meshed together in a uniform type of Shit was crazy, bro. I, yeah,
2: my first summer on my own was spent like listening to Daft Punk, and like, <sighs> like especially like you know, like it reminds me of being like a like a young teenager adult and just being like, I can do this, you know. That, that that's what Daft Punk feels like to me. I movie. definitely
1: dove in once I took on the project like the second showing and I had a lot of extra time and I was like we'd build something wait for a couple hours and just chill so I like dove into who they were I watched old videos of them to like try to copy their mannerisms and stuff like that that they had a very long career and they went through multiple different genres and that's something I really appreciate about the show is that like it felt like you went through their 40 years they did a beautiful job of like encompassing that Mm. I don't even think Daft Punk meant to send this kind of message (laughs) but they like extract it from it and it's yeah I'm excited. I truly believe in the next couple of years I can get it to come to Iowa. And mm-hmm. I'm truly excited to do it somewhere here, like a, like in the uh, dome at the Science Center or something like that, where we could all experience it together. Mm-hmm. That'd be an awesome thing.
2: Yeah, because you can't see their faces. So, you know, like, it's like you really are with Daft Punk, you know, especially for the people who don't know, who, you know, who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really effective. It was an effective, like, show and message. And we're doing experience it again in March. And-
1: sounds like. hmm. They yeah, just pushed good. back a date to March, mid-March. Cool. So Congrats. if anybody wants to go. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Let me know. I'll hook you up with tickets so at least at a discount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> McAllister hours. <laughs> discount. Get <laughs> test my name, too. Yeah. you got to attach his name. You gotta tell, me, tell me you watch this. We're going to have to cut
0: this out and uh, yeah. talk to my lawyer before we... <laughs> <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding um sh- uh seth i have to i have to yeah. ask you um there was there was a, a there was a little bit ago where we were talking about libertarianism yes and you said something uh that hurt my feelings what's no, that not, not really
1: <laughs> i remember you said something like how you just like could not stand libertarianism okay I'm, I'm the I'm, opposite direction that i would take politics in my current understanding i'm so, what was that sorry it's the opposite direction that i would take politics to my current understanding okay What do you mean? So, okay. The best way I've come to understand this is alpha politics are red versus blue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beta politics are, uh, uh, what's the word? With the A. Uh, if you write A. uh what's it called? No. Or or, paint A with a circle around it. Um, Anarchy. Anarchy. Oh, oh, yeah. Anarchy all the way to, what was the group? Socialism? Nope. Or, well. Nope. Uh sorry i haven't had this conversation in a long time but that, that's data <laughs> it's literally it's a, it's a form of attention <laughs> control and non-identification so i believe if you participate you're part of the problem mm. that's what i've felt from my personal experience and i can't escape no matter what i do um or how i bring my intention to the table or my attention um i think when you stop paying attention to something and giving it your interest or your attention intention it starts to decayed in you, its ability to control your perspective of the narrative. And as we did, if we, let's say we all stopped watching and stopped paying attention and talked to, let's say we only talked about dogs and cats for the next year and a half of our life. We couldn't make any, no new source, no celebrity could make us talk about anything else, but dogs and cats. We yeah. get to choose the dogs and cats. We even talk about when we turn back and we watch Fox news, their narrative concept would be so obscene to us that it would be obvious what was wrong. Right, and I think politics are the same way that it's so, so intermingled into our reality that all we are doing now is nitpicking things that won't ever fix the knitting of the threads. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how many times you pull off the hair, you're still like wearing out the blanket. <laughs> um, so I think the lack of participation would be a first step—not even participation, active non-participation non-parti- in non-participation. You know, conscious awareness of like turning away. And then looking at it again at a set time, I think you'd see all the shit and it would become obvious what we were supposed to do yeah that's that kind makes of, sense. it's interesting though because that's almost kind of like an anarchist perspective in a way but you have you have to care in a way that anarchy i haven't seen prescribed to and like i actually met this really cool guy um he had a, a little collective called love unity he threw parties and stuff and he oh i think i've on the podcast
0: have you okay uh, he, he's like this he, like this weird is he like a kid like a younger guy he, no
1: he's an older dude i'd say 28 29 okay he's mind. from They're- l.a
2: Oh, He's from LA, from, yeah, okay. From LA. Yep, yep, it's yep. probably
1: a guy that stole his name though. So. <laughs> I don't know. About it. Um But he he believed in total anarchy. He believed in total individual freedom. I forgot where I was going with this. What was it in comparison to? I'm sorry. The we're talking I have the libertarian oh, um, talk. Yeah, Oh, no, yeah, I don't I don't think anarchy is the way because yeah, the individual neither. gets lost to the community and if you don't have any sense of community awareness, it, it like not making a choice or not understanding your choice are two separate things, but both lack your choice. And so when you believe in total anarchy, it's not that groups aren't going to form. It's not that communities won't happen. It's not that social governances won't exist. They would just exist at the lower denomination that is most easily rectifies the problem. So if it's a block that's having a problem, some strongman will come and promise everybody that if they pay him 50 bucks, he'll protect the block. That's just like, we've seen that through our like societal evolution, it would just reset. And so I don't, I don't think that anarchism in any form would be an evolution. I think it would be literally just resetting it so the strong and dumb would have a better chance again, which I... I against having the people with all the money have everything. I, I don't know, but like I also, I don't, I read Children of the Corn, or not Children of the Corn, Lord of the Flies. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that yeah, really a... demonstrates like the two paradigms that anarchy like leaves us in. Those are children that were, they, they were on a flight to their private school, the airplane crashed on a private island. There's a group that everybody like relates to that has like Porky, I think his name is, and everybody yeah, and all the yeah, nerdy yeah. kids. Yeah. And then there's the popular kids who are like strict, militant assholes. You know what I mean? And like through that book, you could really see like the fundamental, easy breakdown of how humans would treat each other, at least in the first years. My my thing is, I I don't think it takes more. I think it takes less. If you look at like our Iowa State code books, it takes up a library. It's insane how many rules and codes and things we have. I think it's way simpler than we're making it. But that's the hard part, right? Like as I come to grow and find myself the more obvious it is the longer it's taking me to understand <laughs> you know what I mean and I yeah. might be just getting dumber and it gets more <laughs> like simpler for me or something but like that, I think it's the you're same you're getting thing dumber with- no. <laughs> I think it's the same <laughs> thing with politics is that if we engage in the current energy there's no way that it, it's gonna Yeah, going to amount to something more. It has to has to get less first.
0: No, that's a very fair point. I uh, and that's definitely a conundrum I struggle with. Like, Mm -hmm. identify as a libertarian is like, yeah, there is a valid argument to that, where it's like you are just kind of like playing into the system. Yep. JC, what do you think?
2: (laughs) Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really see. I personally don't see you know a realistic way forward. You know, in which everybody's happy. Yeah. Um, my personal sure. opinion is that um, you know your rights shouldn't impede on somebody else's rights 100%. so a lot of the um, social issues and you know human rights issues that have been going on um, you know I think that I think that a lot of politicians are you know and others are trying to force their um you know, their religious opinion of the way that things should be on people who want to live in a more progressive place. So, you know, I feel like there's um, a big fight. I feel like that's the real definition between, you know, Democrats and Republicans or, you know, people who want to stay close-minded and people who, you know, are more open-minded, whether or not that's, you know, because of their own values or because of their experience in life. but. You know, especially minorities, and um, you know, people who who have had a hard time in life at all. Um, you know, they understand more that hard things happen to good people, not yeah, that sure. that poor people deserve it. You know, and you know, stuff like that. You That's know, a I message think, we promote, now. right? Well, you know, I just feel like you know, I feel like a lot of the a lot of the problems or the things that people fight about really aren't things that should be should be thought about, you know? It's it's being kind and nice and, you and know? And if they're...
1: Right now, we have such a uh, focus on a national level. Uh, like, when you're taxed, most of your money goes to a federal level. Like, I think if we flip that and we brought it to a... Lo- like, what she's saying, if we brought it to a local level, we had more emphasis on, like, who was mater- mayor, who was on your city council, who governed your school board. Like, I bet you none of us in here can name a single person on the Des Moines City Council. That That is adverse to like a healthy society <laughs> like yeah. yeah we we right. should and that's what, be that's focused I that disa- level.
2: at some point like i disagree with like disengaging you know because like i mean i get i don't think we should pay it i feel like all information is fake information at this point like nobody's telling the truth we'll never really know it's all the story that we're being told you know so, yeah like, that's a
0: problem in itself right yeah. yeah
2: no i feel like you know i feel like yeah
0: it's perception based for sure yeah yeah. It's hard to say what uh what's legit and what's not. There's so much like uh and that's kinda of just a result of well, like the template, be, you know.
1: Even if it's conflicting, conflicting doesn't illegitimatize any issue. Like Yeah, no, you not can have at all. Ten things that all conflict with each other that are all true. And that's something like we learned in even our relationship. It's like She's seeing orange, I'm seeing green. Together they're really bad, but like or like uh, the ugly brown you know what I mean, but like hers isn't wrong, mine isn't wrong, but there's one color that like needs to predominantly People see different work.
2: things or people notice Ritz. different things and there are, you know, like different you know aspects to situations that aren't aren't being considered, you know. And I feel like I feel like we're always getting disinformation, you know, who, you know, what can you really trust? You know, yeah. so I feel like it's a lot of making your own, I don't know, having values or having, you know, your own like personal morals of like, what do you feel like, you know, is acceptable or like, what do you think of, you know, this situation, you know, not just like remembering sound bites or like, you know, responses to things, you know, yeah. I feel like people are, aren't really putting a lot of thought into it about like, what if that was me, you know, like, and, and that's something know.
1: I'm curious with. So. Right now in our society, morals and defining yourself are like like top line things that we should do. But like most of the time in history it's been more like reactive and like obvious of that rather than like 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 can you define yourself well enough to not get in trouble? You know what I mean? I don't know if that's possible, or do you just learn to react better to the times you fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those are kinda of like two sides of the coin. I I'm curious on how how this thought process will work in time, but yeah, I, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, put out my two cents there. I'm, I'm just curious on that <laughs> in the long term, because that's something that's definitely switching with our populace or our current like People method being of held understanding to a, buyer,
2: to a higher standard. We're, we're trying morally. to adhere
1: to a yeah a higher higher standard. Sorry with the quotes, trying to adhere <laughs> to a higher standard, but that is all again like there's you're judging off a of perspective right or wrong or shades of rights shades of wrongs who who gets to define who messes up and who doesn't and how guilty are you and how far down do you fall? I'm not defining or defending base nectar here or nothing like that but I'm just saying like, even as an individual who messes up on a daily basis that's a human trait and like that's something non-level that- base nectar <laughs> right. you, you, you can mess up to a point where the community shouldn't support you because you're, you're pillaging the energy you're pillaging the people and like you're not somebody we want to boast up around us right that that's a that's healthy but like on on terms of like judging each other on who you're around like this is your community like it's not like you get to choose who you went to school with it's the same thing as a grown-ups like when you're here in iowa these are the kids you're gonna live your life with there's nobody else coming there's nobody gonna save you there's nobody gonna make it better for you you know what i mean like this is what it is and if you don't if you're just trying to make each other so good that nobody will fuck each other up or mess up anywhere around you, that's never going to happen. It's more about like, how do I accept your mess up? How do you like do some form of apology thing? And how do we move forward? You know what I mean? Like, like it's the reactionary thing that I think is kind of missing from our current societal judgment you know what i yeah, mean like yeah. how, how how do we recover together i don't even know that answer you know what i mean like that that's that's an interesting thing not to know you think that would be kind of obvious you know what yeah. i mean do you think morality is innate or do you think it's learned i think there's i think there's pieces to both okay I, and i think it really depends i think again we're all pieces of a puzzle when we lived in the woods having Somebody be a sociopath that could protect you was probably pretty beneficial. You know what I mean? So like, I think I think but morality reason, but, is all subjugated to the person.
2: But reason is what makes man different than animal. Correct. So you know the fact that we you know can you know consider is this right or wrong or what should I do? Like, or what whose makes feelings us are you human? Affecting? Right is what makes us human, and I think that um, honestly, I, f- I feel like everybody's capable of you know caring it's just whether or not they've ever had to before you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like i feel like a lot of people um yeah don't have experience caring for another person like maybe they weren't loved deeply or they've been you know had bad examples of relationships you know i feel like a lot of people don't know what it's like to to actively care about somebody um and then find that hard to apply to like you know bigger situations where it's like well why should i care about that sure
1: you know or how what does it mean when mm. i do mm-hmm. and i feel a yeah. lot of people are lost on that it's like we just watched you people last night
2: that's oh, always that that a the biracial couple with
1: jonah with John hill? hill i thought i heard that was awful S- super funny actually it's really funny, <laughs> it's really funny. i loved it yeah, um it but but and I feel for what they what they went through what they experienced. But in that in that light, like they, I'm mind blinking What was it you just said? I'm sorry.
2: It's about morality. I don't know why I you brought mind. that movie
1: up. <laughs> yeah, but. no, I had something that where they did mm-hmm. it inside that movie where it like made sense in that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it, I can definitely see how a lot of people wouldn't like that movie. It was very uncomfortable, especially the, like the last half of it. But they're yeah. they rode
2: the line between like people getting called out for racism and being an asshole
1: and even Mm -hmm. like even like people who i think would be mad should want to understand how to ride that line that's kind of like that's where we're at in this conversation even right now is like how how do you get outside that how do you stop being like the paradox white male you know (laughs) what i mean like he's a white jewish male and that's literally what's being like showed at him in every angle like how does he stop doing that and be the human that like navigates that that doesn't like ignore that. It doesn't say I'm better than that. Or I'm an elite yeah. in my thoughts in this way. Like, how does he humanize that? That part of it was like, Oh, that's hard to cut. Cause I feel that I, 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 as a married man, a father in a modern time, a white male, like how, how do you navigate? Not just portraying the next version of white yeah. maliness? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it's just
0: <coughs> awareness, you know? And like that, I,
1: I, like Wildness, I didn't see the discipline. movie that was
0: probably like, like at face value that might be something that i lacked is like i think i feel like the whole like it seemed like the whole premise was kind of just like uh um, i don't know like typical you know like what you would expect
1: but the and and i think in that form the typicalness brought you in to care deep enough that when it started going sideways and you started understanding the the nuances of like why cultures are clashing like and that's okay i'll say it because this movie showed it in the way that i, I like believe it too like We are all fucking different. None of us are the same. uh, Having black skin makes your experience different than me having white skin, and like that—that's a good thing. We need all these experiences to be able to articulate what we all need, right? Yeah, no
0: (laughs) difference in culture. Yeah, yeah,
1: and the the difference in culture really played a big effect in that role. Him coming from a Jewish house and like them trying to be their version of accepting and like understanding how like that acceptance is still an acknowledgement that the difference isn't equal, mm-hmm. that it was more, it was more materialistic than humanistic in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then about
2: how it just made people aware of the difference all the way to the there. pain
1: that the, the black family had felt and was feeling through their life. And like, like we all have somebody to blame, right? Like us well, as white males blame the, the patriarch, the, patriar- the the patriarch proletariat and the people with all the money, you know what I mean? Like everybody has somebody to blame. And it was truly seen their pain in the people that they felt responsible for their pain like it wasn't jonah hill's character that like made the dad ever upset at a white person but at the same time like he was caring about his daughter in a way that like truly brought those feelings to light that like if he didn't deal with he would be the asshole (laughs) you know what i mean like he had to like work his human self through to be able to like say like i hurt this way it feels this way i know you're not this person i act this way because of this please forgive me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like through that, then now I imagine all the it would only level. happen that
2: way in movies. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But like, that, I think that's a good example to like mm-hmm. a larger yeah, scale. Yeah, no, like, that's great. In my mind, that's the only way forward. I don't know how to do something like that on a large scale, but like even like through friends and stuff, like I, I'm to the point where it's like, we're not going to be making a whole bunch of new friends. All the friends are kind of around us. So like that's a major skill that I see a lot of us lacking is like how, how do we compensate for the differences in a way that's like forgiving and kind, but like not not pitiful of anybody yeah like nobody deserves to be pitied because of their difference you know what i mean yeah. or like held to a lesser standard because of <clears throat> something different and so in that way we have to like oh, boost yeah. each other through our through our miscommunications or our anger <laughs> rather than like yeah. talk about each other's back or shit of that nature you know what i mean does that make sense yeah so
0: no i think it, it it comes down to open-mindedness you For know sure. like like uh i feel like the way to you know because like <clears throat> me on this show like i definitely ride the line of like offensive and like you know satirical type of humor and shit you know i like i like to fucking toe that edge yep. and i feel like the way to do that is to just go in it with like a hey i'm not here to make any you know regard to whatever you know race gender you know religion etc i'm not going in necessarily being like i know everything about you like right. i have my like you know maybe jokes up my sleeve around that area but i'm never gonna look at somebody and be like i know everything about you,
1: you right know?
0: i think and like i think if people just apply that into their everyday life or alleviate some of these problems
1: you should watch you people because that was the end the dad even said like he's like i read you front to back from the moment i met you i knew you like a book and it's like no you didn't there's no like just like you said there's no way that anybody can know that you, yeah. you there's no way you know literally almost anything about anybody <laughs> i've been yes. with her like 11 years and honestly some of the stuff she still does it's like why'd you do that and like <laughs> it could be
2: good or bad but like at the same time like that's who a person is and like yeah i honestly this is something that i've learned about myself over the last year um I totally, just blanked on what I was gonna say.
1: <laughs> What'd you learn about yourself? I don't remember. You learned a lot in this last year. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I broke.
2: Yeah, no. So um, I broke up with my mom when when we left last year, and that's kind of what it was about. Is that? Oh, I remember. Um, I realized that I realized that I haven't really had like my own direction, or um, you know, a sense of self, or an opinion, or you know, a way that I thought things should be so I've always been really accepting and understanding of other people just because I don't feel like necessarily my way is right um because she always made me feel like I was wrong but like I feel like that's a really um special I guess different thing about me that like I really do think that like everybody offers up a really like good idea or a valuable idea or it could be you know, something better. I think that that's something that a lot of people don't do.
1: For sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. well, I'm sorry to hear about your, uh, breaking up with your mother. I mean, yeah. I, I've been kind of having my issues with my own parents, so I can kind of relate to that mm-hmm. for sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. if anything, it's good to like, you know, step aside
1: right. a little bit and kind of let yourself breathe. Right. You know, yeah. You gotta you got be your own person. Taking the air without them breathing it first for a minute. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. Exactly. No, I, mean, I think, I think almost everybody i know at this point in their life has parent issues our parents have really gone through some shit and are really like they're having a harder time than we are dealing with it mm-hmm. i really feel <laughs> that's very <laughs> my, true my mom's doing a great job shout out mom i love you you're killing it mm-hmm. but <laughs> <laughs> most parents yeah. i uh, hear about i think yeah i think they're, they're going through it
2: but yeah no Tinder it's a, and facebook
1: it's a, and instagram they're tearing those 50 plus but it's a
2: it's a new it's a new opinion to be open-minded of progressive liberal people and i feel like that's kind of something that the movie touches on was like yeah black and white people can totally love each other and there's nothing you know to be like judged or said about that and i feel like that was you know each of the family was doing that like you can't you know the stereotypical like no no but like they just wanted to see people wanted people to see their real love for each other you know regardless of what they look like and yeah no i feel like i feel like that's important
0: you guys see uh do the right thing no Mm-mm. you guys oh, never seen that i'm gonna oh. write it down though. oh it, it's just about this kind of stuff it's a spike lee movie well okay. it's like the first one that he like really broke through with it might be his first movie ever. i might have
1: seen it then if it's an older one
0: um yeah it has uh has the guy that plays uh gus Fring and uh breaking bad okay no recall. Um, i don't know what his <laughs> actor name is but yeah look it up uh do the right thing it's like it's a it's basically about a new york block and like it it deals with like you know asians blacks italians like and just the whole movie is just about like racial bickering basically and then like there's this event that like causes a stir and like it's a whole it it basically it's just a portrait of this new york block and like Mm -hmm. all the different racial and it goes about in like a beautifully unbiased way like it's just i highly recommend i do the right thing Mm -hmm. i'm going to look that up Mm -hmm. yeah spike lee's the man for sure i've definitely seen some of
1: his movies what have you seen by him i'd have to look up stuff. yeah, yeah. doesn't know malcolm names x. like that names i don't know like that but what's that
0: malcolm x did you malcolm guys? x
1: i've definitely seen that yeah that's yep. a great fucking movie yeah. yeah no celebrity names and stuff i have like zero recall of <laughs> or like yeah. what they've been a part of like i can recognize them but yeah that, that part of my mind just doesn't click on ever did you
0: guys, was there any, like, crazy, like, L.A. films or anything that you watched? Did you catch any part
2: of that culture? The Bad Guys, the kids' movie, The Bad Guys, came out while we were there. And I get to drive down. I Yeah, no, it's an animated kids' movie you oh, should watch. I, it's good. Um, <laughs> but, no, it was, uh, I used to drive down Melrose Avenue to get to work every day. So, really right through, like, the, the heart of Hollywood. And, like, advertising. Right. And there were huge posters the entire time I was there and there were just cartoon characters all over the place. And so. when it switched, it mm-hmm. was like the
1: entire city switched decor. Mm-hmm. It went from like that cartoon bad guys to like bros or whatever it was where the two dudes were grabbing each other's butts mm-hmm. and everything was... <laughs> Like butts, butts.
2: <laughs> butts everywhere. everywhere, hands on ass everywhere. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It was just like all of a sudden, huge just on the side of buildings. Yeah, yeah. the yeah.
1: advertising in, in LA is incredible. How well Ever. it's like orchestrated. No wonder Ben Shapiro was pissed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all these butts, it was butts everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> it was
1: everywhere. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Red and white butts. But
1: yeah, no, when, when the movie switched, <laughs> when the season switched, or whatever, it was unbelievable how fast all of it like. Tone switched.
2: But it was cool seeing, you know, advertisements for movies that hadn't come out yet or, you know, mm. that ne- had never heard of before. Like that weren't online yet. Like
1: mm-hmm. Doc Martens pushing their initial core brand launch with their champion was pushing brand stuff there. And I know that's like just starting to take here, but like it I really was beautifully liked all the, done there. I
2: really liked all the graffiti. I got to work kind of mm-hmm. like in the, I worked in the arts district, so I had okay. to work work by like a whole bunch of cool like entrepreneur shops, um, boutique shops, um, work next to next door to a, a, Swiss, a Swiss furniture shop, um, and then a boutique shop that also sold kittens, so pop-up kitten boutique. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> no, what... people are just doing weird stuff all over the place, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For
0: sure mm-hmm. yeah it's cool shit um i'm curious about your opinion i don't know if we've talked about this before mm-hmm. in the podcast like drug legalization i don't know what if you're pro- legalized at right? all
1: mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yeah the only way to have an open conversation is not to make the person paranoid talking about it yeah and like right. people want to make good healthy choices for themselves even if they're radical um right now there's literally zero conversation there's zero ways to find conversation there's zero healthy habits there's zero there's nothing established in any form of culture or society to like protect anybody it's all self exploration it's like going to the moon by yourself right now and it's literally that dangerous at times for people yeah um i think yeah legalize it all have it all pharmacied, uh made in america
2: should have never been illegal no
1: so it should be yeah mm -hmm, you should be able to go to the doctor and be like uh, so my friend was doing this. I would really like to try it. What are your recommendations? And you have like an open and honest conversation about what that looks like and feels like and what it could do mm-hmm. for you in the future or not do for you in the future.
2: Yeah, or not receive not not receive prescriptions that you need because you tested positive for something else.
1: And addiction is a disease. Mm-hmm. It needs to be treated as such. People don't ever mean to. It's like playing Russian roulette. You know what I mean? Like the thrills there, we're all spinning the trigger and pulling the gun. That's what we're all playing with. Yeah. Some people, the bullet's in the chamber and well, it's not their fault. The maybe, like, there needs to be safe ways for them to suffer through their disease as well as help to get out that's not biased or judgmental.
2: But yeah. I, I feel like improving quality of life itself Huge. would keep... You know, I feel like a ton of people. I feel like there's a huge increase in drug use because of, you know, how shitty everything is, you know, in different areas of life right now. Mm Escapism, depression
1: and anxiety.
2: Yeah, that's what people use drugs for is to, you know, have some fun or to escape or, you know, to have a good time and, you know. have a hard time finding those things right now so
1: and that being said anybody that's young or even just like actively if you have any drug related questions concerns you need help you want to talk you like anything like i i want to help like that's something i always am open for you can call me at 3 a.m like that's something i am always here for i feel very called in my life to be outspoken in those ways uh I constantly witness it all the time. Please, if you ever need anybody to talk to in any form of like, drug counseling or anything, like we can start together and we can find the right people. Let's do a podcast. I would love to. <laughs> oh my God. The amount of information that I like hold inside, I like sit there and like, I'll start doing a Whippet or whatever and I'd be like, so can I tell you guys a story about Whippets <laughs> and Whippets? So these are dangerous, which parts are amazing, you know what I mean? Like, I just I use those times. Like, I know it's corny and like a dad moment, but like, we literally don't know what we're putting in our bodies, we have no fucking clue, and we're messing with some of like the coolest, most radical, yeah, intense or, like, stuff ketamine. ever.
2: Don't swallow the drip, yeah, don't swallow the drip, it's bad for you. Spit and it out
1: if your liver starts hurting, you need to take some serious breaks. That is mm-hmm. causing liver sclerosis at an active, fast rate, like to the point where it's like, state like, if it was cancer, they'd be like, you're gonna die, like, stop, you know, like, there's like right. real life lessons
2: right there are some rules that you should follow or just like some yeah, yeah.
1: speaking of whippets don't do whippets out of canisters so those uh, nice so when we breathe in we breathe in oxygen carbon dioxide nitrous oxide oxygen is a positive carbon dioxide is a negative and nitrous oxide is a neutral it is the fabric of our reality it's literally what makes up the texture of our reality from what we hear to what we feel to what we see what we smell the amount of nitrogen we breathe and the reason we're in the same room in the same space and the space time is holding us together is the nitrogen when you affect nitrogen, obviously you affect the plane, right? One of the first pioneers of nitrogen was uh, Winston Churchill, and he wrote trip mm. reports blasting off on nitrogen. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. That's yep. crazy. Um, and he said, "You can meet God and know all the answers. The problem is, when you get back, you forget it all." <laughs> 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 so, but here's here's my warning, and I'm going to say this because I know a lot of these kids watch us watching are doing those little whippet cancers. Stop. Nitrogen is amazing. It is a chemical you can't die off it. It's great. You can suffocate but like fishing out is because they're in those little canisters there is aluminum they put about 4% nitrogen in those canisters the rest of it needs to be taken up by other space most of it not oxygen or carbon dioxide that's how they have the effect the extra space is filled with shards of little micro metals of aluminum Aluminum Damn. so small that it doesn't even need to go through anything. It can go straight from your lungs into your bloodstream, straight to your brain. And it, when you fish out, you're actually having micro seizures to full-range seizures. The aluminum is building up and clotting in your brain and tearing holes along the blood ar- arteries. So don't do the canisters. That's why they that get silver at the end. If you do food grade, you need to have a filter on the end of it that you can get from an RV store. Look it up on Google, and that will make it up to like the 95 percentile, and take out all the aluminums. The thing to do is to get medical grade nitrous oxide, and you can buy that; it's everywhere. That's pretty easy to get. But like, stop doing whippets. Those yeah. are they're be literally be killing you. Be
2: responsibly irresponsible. Yes, so that that's a
1: clip for the that's a yes. clip for the week. Right? Be responsibly irresponsible. Hundred <laughs> <Yeah. 100%. laughs> percent. Like enjoy life, and it's all here for you, and it's gonna teach you something no matter which direction you lean. You just like, nobody wants to die. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to be paralyzed. Nobody wants to be blind. Mm-hmm. Like, it's suck to be trapped I in your body. I think science
2: is interesting. So I like to learn about, you know, the, th- the things that I do and how they'll affect me. And, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like not a lot of, not enough people do that, you know. And I feel yeah. like especially, you know, with the increase of bad things and the increased risk and, in, you know, drug usage and at know, least just in general. I feel like, you know, if you're going to. If you're gonna do a drug, know what the effects should be. You know, there's a lot of stuff going around that we see that's not what it is being sold as. You know, so like yeah. be knowledgeable about like what it should look like or feel you know like, what it should feel or like what or, your or jaw feel should like do or your or eyes. Right. Yeah. So you know, be it you know the be yeah. responsibly or responsible yeah.
0: be informed yeah. and test your drugs mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that would
1: alleviate so many issues and that, so the but testing is something test,
2: you can't test for one spe- you, you can't. know there might be one speck of fentanyl and if you've
1: seen those tests oh, you can't test for fentanyl you can well,
2: but, but then you would have just tested it
1: <laughs> you'd have to test your whole bag right uh, oh and, and the, I see like it's separate. unless there's multiple oh. drops in there if there's only one piece of fentanyl which could kill you you'd have to literally hit that piece on the test otherwise it will test positive I've seen many bags test positive that were yeah. definitely fentanyl laced um Also, having out loud conversations about this will start forming policy or politics or whatever current paradigm, right? Because it's so underground and nobody's talking about it, there's no like political pressure or societal pressure. But our drug tests are absolutely dog shit. They're like shades of brown to blue to green. I'm blue green colorblind. Like when I do a drug (laughs) test, I have no fucking chemical, what idea what chemical. I'm looking at. They're all like. It's like looking at an eyeball, and yeah. I'm supposed to tell this is ah, You want
2: know, you know, <laughs> to know something that so I learned dumb. recently that really that really bothered me? Honestly, I was doing research on the uh, Good Samaritan law in Iowa. Mm. Okay, so if you call 911 when one of your friends is overdosing, okay, and they don't end up dying, then then you can be charged for it. It's only if they like die then, then you're, you're protected by the Good Samaritan law. <laughs> So isn't that fucked up that, like, if you you call 911, you got to, like, you might go to jail if your friend doesn't die. Or you got to run before the cops get there. Yeah, no, it's really, you know, and so, honestly, I feel like, I feel like maybe activism is kind of, you know, in my future, like, awareness of, you know, I don't know.
1: We're definitely going to incorporate. So that's part of, like, leading all the way back. What we've learned to do, what we're going to do actively is be the things we want to be. So that's something like when I throw a show, like I don't just want like dance safe there. Like I want a conversation table. You know what I mean? I want like pieces. She's gonna be making propaganda in the near future that we can start sharing and like having these conversations. And it's not to dictate or like to, to posterize or like idealize anything. It is literally just to have a spot to conversate. Mm. I never had anybody to ever talk to. Most of what I've learned about drugs was from self-exploration or somebody telling me on the sly. You know what I mean? Like imagine if you like could have a community where this questions could be asked. That that's that to me as a, a cosmonaut sounds wonderful, and I know a lot of other people along the way would would join in. I think.
2: Right. Yeah. Do it safely. Safely. Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. There's an increase, so responsibly deal with and, and fuck fentanyl. Right. And inform, you know, people that yeah. we love.
0: So I should get rid of that sponsor. Is what you're telling me.
1: Fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No fentanyl. <laughs> No, that's,
2: that's the least my
1: least favorite <laughs> thing I've ever encountered ever I the house I first moved into they had two fentanyl overdoses before I could move out with the family or whatever and like it's just that it's so serious so quick there's like no warning there's like nothing your body does to show anything it's like as sudden as a heart attack like you're out <laughs> like yeah. and you could be like chilling meditating and all of a sudden your body just turns off like there's no like slow come down it's not like heroin where they're like bottoming out like like oh, i think mm-hmm. he's dead he's not breathing how long has he not been breathing <laughs> like whoa mm-hmm. that's like and that's 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 what it is that's why people die on it because you don't you don't even know that it's happening to them they're not screaming in pain nothing's like it's turning off in their minds like they are just chill they feel calm and then they die
2: right no reaction time yeah mm-hmm.
1: so what would you say is your most like positive drug or
0: positive drug experience you're talking about all these negatives. oh
1: yeah no i i love drugs I mean, in like a healthy way, like around friends and stuff. Um, I mean, like, for me, it's not so much about the chemical. Like, the chemical is great, and I could tell you which one I was on during which experience, but it was, it's about the experience that I choose to engage in the chemical with, right? So if I go to this place with that one with these friends, or this place with that one with this, or I chill in my basement with these homies and we make this, like, that... It's more more about what we're using it for. You know what I mean? Like if my friends are coming over, we're going to make music and we want to make Wub music, a little K and getting weird and maybe some nitrous oxide to like chill. You know what I mean? Like that's the experience. But those aren't my favorite drugs, not for every situation. You know what I mean? I don't want to walk down my, sh- my street on ketamine. You know what I mean? Like, That's where I smoke marijuana. You know what I mean? Like time and place type of thing. And honestly, I have, I, I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it was what we were doing i got to a really depressed and anxious and like i don't even call it low it's like self-exploding part of my life and like where i'm at now with like i wouldn't even call it sobriety but like more being sober (laughs) you know what i mean and doing things that like sober ish right and doing things that don't like don't trigger my mind to get fucked up you know what i mean in like a cool way or something you know what i mean like like instead like hanging out with the fam or like doing just doing different activities like that has put me in a more constructive and in a long- term healthier happier place and like the ways that matter to me, not just like outside appearance like I feel like I'm progressing in in being the most human I've ever been because I'm not toying around playing with reality in ways that are satirical or don't really matter to my experience or expression. I feel like I wasted not wasted I used a lot of time even if it was in self-exploration, uh, in enjoyment and excitement and comf- form, com- comfort, comfort, um, trying to just like push and see and get really esoteric in like my beliefs and like what ifs and can I and what is choice. Um, and the chemicals definitely helped lead to like the heights of that. But as a human that wants to like be happy and proud and self-sustaining like it sometimes pushing those limits isn't where it's at long term for for like the the beingness of you you know what i mean i don't know if that makes sense i'm yeah. still working that down from where i'm at but i'm what i'm trying to say long term short i'm much happier and healthier doing less and i don't even equate it to that i'm doing less because i'm happier and healthier <laughs> boom that's mm-hmm. where it's at
2: yeah so i will say that part of the reason um you know like I definitely go deep in some areas, but in other areas, I don't dabble at all. And I would say that, you know, I, just me, my me as a person, sure. JC, um, <laughs> I like being myself. I like myself. I like the things that I think about. Um, I don't, um, I'm not hiding anything. I'm not dealing with anything secretively. You know, like there's nothing... Um, yeah, I don't have anything that I want to escape or that I want to, you know, internally like get a get a, a different perspective on. Or you know, I just don't, I don't need to get away from myself like that. So the types of chemicals, um, you know, that that separate yourself from your understanding of yourself, um, I feel like people you know and take this you know with this is just not for everybody but i would say you know if you enjoy you know drugs that take you away from yourself maybe you need to work on yourself a little bit mm. you know like it, it might be you know maybe you should i don't know become a person that you enjoy being more or spend more time on you know developing that that part of yourself you know, uh,
1: not to say you don't deserve right. a week on Lucy. Right. But
2: <laughs> yeah, because I definitely enjoy it. But it should be it but should be about having extra fun on top of being you not to like feel like you're a different, more fun person. Yeah. If That makes sense, because like I feel like sometimes being on a substance will make me less of the person that I am, you know, like mm. and and then, you know, like I'm not the same person to the people that I talk to or that I meet or, you know, it, Kind it, of it self
1: enjoyment l- rather than right. like sh- a shared experience, most of the time, mm. right?
2: Yeah, no, so I'd say you know, like, examine the reasons why why you do what you do, or the
1: timing, mm-hmm. the structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got to enjoy life, especially at the times that it gives it to you, you know what I mean? But that literally can't be all the time, or <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> right. anytime right. you yeah. are being, enjoying yourself, it doesn't need to be right. that way,
2: right? Being yeah. being you know, a professional drug doer, you know, is. <laughs> is it affects your entire life you know so like you've got to be aware of the way that you know the way that you do drugs how it affects your life and the people around Mm. you and you know what your what your goals are and if that's you know what you want to do you know and if it is go for it but yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. some
0: self-awareness if you're you know because like you know the Mm -hmm. definition of like a you know a addiction or something bad is it negatively affecting your life so Mm -hmm, like you need to be able to have that open-minded perspective be like oh hey are there areas where this is you know affecting things you know i like i would say like you know just try like not do it for a week that'd be like the first place to start like if you have something that like you have you you're like oh is this you know going too far in a certain direction just take a week off and like if that's really hard then maybe that's a play thing to explore for sure
1: well and All drugs are dealing with some negative, right? Mm And so, like, it's like what they call it, a crutch. Mm -hmm. So you just, you gotta be, you just, it's not even that you can't do something that's negatively or not a crutch for you. Like, we all have to have a crutch of some sort, right? Sure, sure. But, like, just make sure you're, like you're saying, aware of the negatives and that you're trading them off in a conscious choice form rather than being like, this is how life is or poor me, this is Mm. the way it has to be to make it through it. Value
2: your own well-being.
1: Right. Choose it. Mm -hmm. I've... I for a long time didn't understand how important choice was, and it is an active conversation. Um, I really thought that it was more something that happened at certain times, and most of it was something you're like observing. The observer was the word I was taught, and you like observe reality. Um, I no longer prescribe to that belief. I think, yeah, you are a static state observer, but I think your choice literally dictates the reality you perceive, and therefore the reality you like exhale, right? And so, uh, yeah, I I think anything you do inside of choice leaves for uh, the chance of unintended consequences, which then plays into irony, and when it's on that side of the ironic coin, will never be in your favor. favor. That side of the ironic coin is always a bitch. (laughs) And so the leaving letting go of your choice to watch irony play out in my experience is not a happy endeavor making choice to enable irony to fulfill your dreams is much more work but much more fulfilling and yeah direct to like the hu- like you have to like root yourself in your pain to be able to like run through that much consistently if that makes sense you gotta, you, gotta so <laughs> you gotta set goals
2: you gotta set you gotta have an eye on what you want or you gotta like set goals and work towards it you can't just like imagine that like things and are gonna be happen. what, what you want is gonna you. Be happen and right. right right you need to like be actively like if you're choosing to like go out and party tonight like that's cool but like For sure. you also have to like be choosing to like work on yourself and be, you know, at home and, you know, doing the right things for yourself also.
1: Or after three days going out in a row, you'd then have the self-recognition and be like, why am I partying three nights in a row? I probably should fucking sleep. What is happening, psyche? You know what I mean? You give yourself two nights of sleep and be like, okay, why did I do that? Like that's how you healthy do it. It's not that you went on a bench that you should like erode your self-confidence over. It's that then you understand what you did to yourself and why. You know what I mean? And that that doesn't change the past. It might not even change the fucking future in the near future. But that sense of understanding allows you to start shifting the paradigm that you're experiencing. And through that self-reflection, if there was things you didn't like, noting them to yourself or even better, saying them out loud to the universe. Like, I didn't like that part of it. I wish I didn't do that. Will change the next rhythm of that pattern. In my experience, that's, that's choice. It's not that you get to be like, I want my whole life different now. Like that would never happen. No, none of us can afford to do that. But we could be like, I want this little bit different. I need to start taking notes on what I want when I'm feeling that way, so I know at the other end what to give myself. And then you take notes on that end, and then you know what you, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like this building cycle that you have to like work your way through. But that's that's how life uses pain to teach you. Yeah that's that's what that is that's the guiding force you know what i mean sometimes life gives you everything to see how you'll handle it but most of the time it's giving giving you just what you need to see what you'll do with it
0: yeah yeah little little increments that's little, what, you little know, increments that's that you the, gotta work for exactly that's not yeah. the ego about everything um guys it's fucking great to have you back in town and come you know come back on the pod it's such great it, it's uh it's baffling almost to see you guys back I thought you guys were gone forever I was no. so sad
2: yeah yeah we did too honestly and but it feels it feels so good that we can come back and then we're back you know it yeah. feels yeah I don't know so along with like breaking up with my mom you know i got to go i got to go live somewhere else and like not be you know tied down by my understandings of you know being held down where i am but so you know it feels good to come back and know that there are tons of people who still care and like want me to be here and you know it feels it feels more like a choice that we're here now
0: so oh yeah that's, that's awesome uh where can people find you guys uh, your stuff and
1: uh, what you're doing
2: facebook Facebook is where I'm at. Yeah, I haven't really moved on to Instagram yet because I don't really like it. I like Instagram.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I have new music out. Mm, I have mm. two new songs that are pretty trippy. Um, And these are the ones that you produce yourself? Yeah. I learned to make music. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. uh, So I got two up right now, and I'm coming out with a third probably this month that has like an Alan Watts
2: surprise (laughs) one yeah
1: i was in a weird spot no it was a good one but pretty weird bassy music uh happy snag if you search me on like soundcloud or audius or uh spotify any any music service i think i'm on now oh yeah jc what's your business again
2: uh so we're we're still house of leopold so still watch for that on like event images and stuff like that um, but yeah, this year JC makes stuff. Watch out hey. for that. Um, Hell yeah. You know, I've invested a whole bunch in other people and it's time to do something for myself. So watch out for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't stop investing in the Couch yeah. Towers. No no, 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 no. I'll be back. I'll be back for sure. <laughs>
0: Guys, I fucking love having you on. It's a great time. Hell yeah, high fives. We usually do handshakes, but we do high fives with the. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, the vibe. That's yeah, the vibe. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, guys, the Macau Stars podcast. You can find us at com at our website. We also have a Patreon where we have extra exclusive content where we talk about other shit and Risque. You know, doing risque. Yeah, I mean, this is already status. pretty risque, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more. This is you my get... normal life. <laughs> <laughs> I dig deep after hours. <laughs> a violent <Yeah>. criminal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh we're here every Monday and Thursday at seven PM. That's pretty great vibing with you guys. Have a good night.
2: Booyah. Peace.